Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. The Discovery of Our True Identity can come when we reject the lies formed from our wounds and accept new truths about ourselves. The lies of this false self are revealed when we discover that we're loved by God in spite of our mistakes. We can leave the fear behind. We can become vulnerable and share our gifts with the world. We can then embrace higher purposes to follow out of those trials to a place of new hope. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Tracks for the Journey, the podcast dedicated to your well-being. This is Larry Payne. I've spent decades as a pastor, chaplain, and counselor helping people develop spiritual and emotional wellness. In Tracks for the Journey, we'll use progressive Christian spirituality, psychology, science, and culture to chart some new paths. I believe listening will help you in daily life as you grow towards well-being. Today's episode is entitled Finding Me. One of the greatest struggles that any of us face is to discover our true identity. We hear from so many outside voices, but what can we follow to really discover the kind of strength and source and grounding that will help us? I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy this episode today. Years ago, the phone rang in my office. My wife's voice was mildly hysterical. I can't find the baby. I've looked everywhere. I ran to the car and barreled home, thinking of where the 18-month-old could possibly be. We lived on a suburban street across from a busy schoolyard with lots of foot traffic and cars. Jan met me in the garage as I roared in. She had been busy in the house, and the baby was playing in her room, Then everything was quiet, and the toddler no place to be found. The door to the patio had been unlocked, and Jan found the back gate open. I dashed outside and across the street to the large park near the school. There wasn't a blonde head to be seen anywhere. A friend from my office arrived who had heard the story, and I sent him towards the north to check those houses and yards. I headed south, looking around the neighborhood everywhere, peering in backyards, calling out her name. About then, a police car appeared at the curb, lights flashing, alerted to the missing child by my secretary. Then I heard an excited shout. 
Jan was in the front yard holding the little gal. She was in her closet, asleep in the doll bed with Raggedy Ann, my wife said. My fear turned to joy as we all shared a laugh. She went back in the house. The baby went on to play. The policeman went back to his station, and I breathed a divine sigh of relief. If your family has a story like mine, I hope all turned out just as well. Yet there are times when we may feel deep inside that we don't know where we are or who we are personally. Life has somehow brought confusion and struggle. We're not searching for someone else, but for ourselves. And so today on this episode of Tracks for the Journey, I do want to explore the topic, Finding Me, The Way to Your Identity. One of the books I read this summer was a bestseller by the renowned author Sue Monk Kidd, titled The Book of Longings. It's about a woman in the first century Israel named Anna, who is the wife of Jesus. Yes, Kidd has crafted a remarkable fiction story about the wife of Jesus Christ. No mention of any such person is found in the Bible or in the work of any Christian leader of the early centuries, of course. Yet, as a fiction work, Kidd has succeeded in presenting with incredible detail the life of a first-century Hebrew woman living in a patriarchal culture searching for her identity. Anna knows one thing. She is a writer of stories about her gender in all the glory and shame presented by the world of that day. Her father and mother cannot understand her desire, but she persists in her writing secretly. Eventually, she meets an amazing guy, full of wisdom, love, and passion for all those around him, a carpenter from Nazareth. How will this love affair, her identity and aspirations as a writer, ever be fulfilled? Well, that's for you to read the book and discover for yourself. The discovery of our identity as a unique person seems like a universal quest. We laugh at the childish dreams of our kids, telling them, yes, you can do it. The middle schools sponsor college and vocational days to lift up ambitions. High schools take tours of local industries to give the young adults a taste of what it's like. The more advanced schools also work on character qualities that mean so much no matter what the field of endeavor. Tests may even be given that highlight aptitudes. I took one of those in college. And the counselor said, don't ever try to be a mechanic. All the while this is going on, that growing young person is trying to sort out the whirling thoughts of social connection, achievement, sex, and a family to answer the question, who am I? The Bible has some wonderful answers to that question. It starts by saying that all humans are children of God a part of the divine family. The sermon in Athens by the Apostle Paul says, In God we live and move and exist, being the children of God. That is quite an identity in just one statement. Every human that has ever existed had a connection to God, 
and all seven billion of us now have one too. The intimacy and understanding of this divine family, of course, varies from person to person. But God holds each of us within this immense family of divine relationship. Your ultimate origin is from God. So you can use the metaphor of God as father or mother to try and grasp this miracle. You are never an outcast, never marginalized. In this house of God, there is your place of belonging. You are loved and included at the table. How amazing is that? Another incredible truth about your identity is that you are a masterpiece of God's creation. Once again, it is the inspiration of the Apostle Paul writing, quote, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, end quote. The picture is of a master artist laboring with intensity to create a work like has never been seen in the universe before. This is you personally. God has good works for you to do, and God is leading us in those, offering us in love the chance to do the wonderful things that only God can envision. The teaching also encompasses how all the community of God can create a good kingdom with the presence of Jesus leading the way in our world. These two images are the foundation for a wonderful identity. Today we're talking about finding our identity. It is a challenge that each of us faces. The Bible gives us two great foundational truths that I've just spoken about. I think it's important, though, that we be alert to a countercurrent in our universe. Our identity is often forged in the depths of the valley, in the crucible of testing or the night of wrestling with the unknown. In our world today, the struggle against adversity is fierce for many people. A pandemic has killed hundreds of thousands to create an ocean of mourning and sadness across the planet. People of color are oppressed, fighting to find a way forward. A tsunami of stress has tossed families into patterns of anxiety, anger, and depression. Refugees are trapped with little more than a tent of misery for comfort. Bloody conflict divides nation. We could go on and on with the struggles that surround our search for personal identity, and it can be so difficult in these hard times. Yet if we look closely, we can find a note of hope from within such times as this. The narratives of the Bible are filled with stories of identity emerging from the struggles of life. The Old Testament character Jacob wrestled with an angel he couldn't understand. Daniel went into a den of lions. Saul was blinded by a vision of Jesus and then took a new name. Peter was named by Jesus the Rock just weeks before he would deny that rabbi. The theme is really clear. A part of our identity can only be found when we are tested and even broken. Then that identity can be remade for a greater purpose. Wounded, we can be healed to authentic wholeness. Now there is a danger in this also. 
The danger is that the deep wounds from our valley or our struggle may trap us. A false image of who we really are may come from within that struggle and be hard to ever leave behind. We may seem to hear a wounded, cynical, or angry voice deep in our thoughts. That voice may declare, This struggle shows you aren't worth anything. You're broken. You can't be fixed. You're unlovable. You'll always fail. You don't deserve good things. When that voice sounds in our mind, it may have been formed in childhood. Perhaps it emerged from a traumatic situation which stamped the indelible message on our mind. These hard and bitter words can leave emotional scars. We can call such things negative core beliefs. They become deeply embedded thought patterns about who we are, what we do, our capacity for love, and what our worth is to the world. A self-image form from such damaging ideas can wreck our life. It can stamp out hope. It may push us to numb our pain with substance abuse. And such thoughts can often separate us from others due to a sense of shame. Sadly, these negative core beliefs ultimately rob us of well-being. As a counselor, I work constantly with my clients to identify these negative core beliefs. For some, the beliefs confront them every day, replaying the toxic words of a parent. For others, the messages are disguised, buried underneath layers of anger or sadness. For some, a harsh and angry religious tradition may reinforce some of the condemnation with heaps of guilt. It takes a heart of courage to take the risk of naming this pain and those corrosive thoughts so that some change can come. How wonderful it is when the beliefs are changed. Healing can come when reflection brings more realistic, rational, and balanced thought patterns. Then these caustic words can be left behind. How can we escape those disabling words and these dark ideas about our very selves? Stay tuned after the break. we take a break from our episode today, I'd like to mention another book that I have found so meaningful over the last year. It's entitled The Uncontrolling Love of God. It's written by Thomas J. Ord, and that last name is spelled O-O-R-D. It is, in the subtitle, An Open and Relational Account of Providence. Now, providence is not a word we use all the time today. It basically means that God acts to promote our well-being and the well-being of the universe as a whole. You may think, I'm not really into theology, Larry. This book is theology, but it is written in such an engaging and interesting way. I think you would enjoy it. It really dives into one of the biggest questions that we struggle with today. Can I believe in the providence of God, His care for our well-being, without making God responsible for the evil things that happen? In this book, Philip Clayton, 
one of the reviewers, says that Ord makes a powerful case for miracles and the providential care of the self-emptying God. It is a remarkably clear book, he says, and offers readers a welcome gift to personal faith. Ord is known as the the theologian of love, and he talks of God and God's love that embraces all of us. I think you would enjoy this book, The Uncontrolling Love of God. It's published by InterVarsity Press Academic. Enjoy the reading. In these last few minutes of our Tracks for the Journey episode entitled Finding Me, I want us to talk about the implementation of this journey towards identity. All of us know that it's hard. Some of us know that there are great truths upon which we can provide a foundation to grow. But the discovery of our true identity comes when we reject the lies formed from our wounds and accept those new truths about ourselves. The lies of the false self are revealed when we discover that we're loved by God in spite of our mistakes. With this, we can leave the fear behind to be vulnerable and to share our gifts with the world around us. With this in mind, we can embrace higher purposes to follow out of those trials to a place of hope. With this in mind, the transformation is unlocked by the choices we make to listen to those higher truths. Your choice determines who you become. Let me say that again. Your choice determines who you become. This process may seem hard. I cannot say that it's easy, but I can say that the risk, the work, the changes, and the practice required will be worth it. Finding your higher self, the identity for which you are intended, will be a reward far greater than the struggle. Another book I read this summer was a biography of Harry Truman, written by David McCullough. Truman was the president in the final months of World War II and then the next seven years that followed. He confronted one huge crisis after another. Things such as the use of the atomic bomb against Japan, the Cold War with Russia, the Iron Curtain and the blockade of Berlin, massive labor strikes here in the United States, the struggle for civil rights in the United States, and the Korean War halfway around the globe. What a sense of crisis. Yet historians agree that even his political opponents acknowledge that Truman faced these monumental decisions with steadfast integrity. The quality of his identity really didn't emerge during those White House years. It was forged during his youth on the hard-scrabble Missouri farm of his parents from the bullying he received as a child and the teachings he absorbed from his family and his church. Even as a novice county judge there in Missouri, when offered bribes for road projects, Truman lived an identity stamped with a robust conscience and honesty. He chose in small family business decisions and those which shape our world today that he would do what was right. 
His choices made the person who led the world through this post-war crisis to prosperity and strength. In a real sense, there is a deeper question than, who am I? It's what we've been discussing today. But I think the deepest question will be, what will I believe about myself? You have a choice. The circumstances of your life may have been clouded. The path may have been difficult. You may have had to walk through dark places. You can, however, choose a path forward. You can find and follow the spiritual and existential truths about your worth, value, and identity. It is time to find me, to know that self that God has created you to be, and to enjoy the better well-being that comes from it. Tracks for the Journey is produced at the Bright Star Studio on the High Plains of West Texas, all rights reserved. Original music is provided by Jan Bjork. I'm Larry Payne, your podcast host. And I want to remind you that Tracks for the Journey Season 1 is available from your podcast host. You can download any of the eight episodes and listen to them. And please rate them if you find them helpful. Please visit the Facebook page, Tracks for the Journey, to learn more about this broadcast. I welcome you to follow the page and enter the discussions. And if you liked what you heard today, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast host, and you can get a copy immediately notifying when one is posted. I'd encourage you to share the link with a friend and to rate it wherever you get your podcasts. You can also reach me by email at the address trackspodcast at mail.com. Keep making tracks on your journey for well-being.